It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, everybody, we welcome you to a new episode of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. We are back and hopefully better than ever. Somebody used to say that. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us as we reach midweek of this short week and short turnaround for the 5-7 and seven Washington football team who are heading to Glendale, Arizona to take on, yes, Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers. Today's episode, as many are, brought to you by our friends at Pepsi. That's right, you know the drill by now. This football season, very different. Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day. We've got a bunch of them coming up. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Who are they? Passionate fans, real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content. All right, so we're underway on this edition midweek of the Washington football team podcast. Just so you know, players day off on Wednesday, so no practice as normal, even on a short week. Ron Rivera off of the three consecutive wins, and obviously they need time uh, to get ready for uh, Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers, uh, giving the players an extra day off, well-deserved. Uh, they'll get back after it on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Saturday will be basically a walkthrough, uh, maybe a light practice. We're not sure yet whether or not that will be here or whether that'll be in Glendale or the Phoenix area. Uh, as the team usually would head out on Friday evening for a Sunday afternoon road game because of the compressed schedule this week and all the COVID protocols. They might not leave until Saturday, still trying to figure out that information. Uh, and um, not that that's that big of a deal, uh, but it, it might be. It might be a little bit of a situation, um, but they'd rather be home and in their controlled environment as much as humanly possible. Uh, and that is certainly understandable. All right. So here's the news of the day. Dustin Hopkins winning special teams player of the week for the NFC. Uh, that is great. Great news for Dustin Hopkins, who, of course, you know, struggled through much of the first part of the season, the first half of the season, let's call it. Uh, and, you know, I think um, when you look at Dustin Hopkins, he is kind of what this team, you know, is is about. Um, he's a talented guy who's been reliable, who's been steady, who's been here for a number of years, who works hard, who takes his craft very seriously, uh, played a little too much ping pong, um, as people have teased me about, um, in years past, but that's okay. Guys have to, you know, have a release somehow, right? Uh, Ron Rivera, of course, got rid of the ping pong table. So, uh, but here's the bottom line. He, kicked three field goals on Monday night 
uh, in the win over the Pittsburgh Steelers and gets named the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. He's now 5-for-5 in the last two games for Washington, including the Dallas game. He did miss one. That didn't really hurt them against Cincinnati, so that's why we use the last two games. He's 5-for-5 in those last two games. Missed five out of his first 13 attempts. Uh, Remember, some of them were, you know, 43 chip shot type field goals. The ones on Monday night were 45-45. The go-ahead and the icing on the cake field goals were both 45-45 and the one right before halftime because of the Alex Smith double sacks which cost them 14 yards was 49 yards so a great job out of Dustin Hopkins to kind of bounce back kick both of his extra points um you know, on Monday and really only had the short kickoff that went to the six yard line and Pittsburgh returned it out to um, roughly about their 35 or so. Uh, and, 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 And the defense did a great job after that being put in a tough situation. Uh, Ron Rivera said after the game on Monday night uh, that it was a tough field to kick on. That makes sense. Grass, northeast, even though we were in western Pennsylvania, you got the point, the climate. Um, So great job out of Dustin Hopkins. Now he's got to keep it up, obviously, uh, because the first half, again, was such a struggle. But really, when I say, you know, he's kind of a symbol of what this team is, you know, nothing's going to be perfect. There's going to be some ups and downs. There's going to be some guys that struggle. Uh, and there's many examples of that, right? I mean, people were all over Jonathan Allen earlier in the year. And now he's kicking butt. Uh, people were, some people were questioning Chase Young. Now he's, you know, of course, back and kicking butt. Uh, some people were all over John Bostic. He's bounced back. I'm not saying he's great, but he's bounced back the last couple of games. The point of the matter is, is this team seems to have a certain will, a certain resiliency. And I do believe that translates from the head coach and from the coaching staff. You know, you kind of all bleed together. Sometimes he's going to have to make tough decisions and bench people, as he did with Dwayne Haskins and Wes Martin and others, where, you know, they went from the starting guard to, like, third string or the starting quarterback to third string. Sometimes there's going to be tough decisions made. And people aren't going to understand them. People aren't going to like them. But the bottom line is, is he's trying to manage a football roster. He's trying to keep guys motivated. He's trying to keep guys fighting. He's trying to give people opportunities, right? Um, People didn't understand the whole Eric Reed thing. It made perfect sense to me. And Jeremy Reeves has played pretty well. Uh, Troy Apke, you know, again, got benched and essentially didn't go to third string. But he was as far removed as he possibly could. Until they absolutely needed him back. So the the bottom line is, is you know, uh, Dustin Hopkins was not benched, but his job was somewhat threatened. There was a lot of questions. There was a lot of controversy. Uh, they did bring in Kare Vedvik, but that's because of an expanded practice squad and because he's also a backup punter in case something happened to Tressway late in the week and you couldn't get a guy in. I mean, that wasn't necessarily because Dustin Hopkins was was going to get cut. I, I, you know, again, Ron didn't want to talk about that when we last asked him. And since then, Hopkins has grinded through a groin injury that affected him for a couple of weeks and limited his practice time, but he always kept playing. Uh, and again, he he's missed more than his share, but he's done a really good job here the last two weeks. So congratulations to Dustin Hopkins. 
by the way, you will hear from Ron Rivera uh, in just a couple of moments right here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast, uh, as well, quarterback Alex Smith. Forgot to mention that at the top. All right, so that's one bit of news. The other bit of news uh, for this Wednesday, even though the team is not practicing and, um, you know, again, getting an extra day off and an extra day for the coaches to prepare. And a lot of times it's just mental at this, you know, more at this point anyway. Um, So Hopkins wins that. The next bit of news is a bunch of things all in one. Antonio Gibson uh, has a turf toe injury, basically a sprained ligament in his toe, which is kind of what it looked like uh, on close in video. And obviously when he did not return on Monday night, we knew that wasn't a great sign. Uh, And I saw him hobbling and laboring, uh, just walking around. So there was no chance that he was going to go back in that game. And remember, they were down at 1.14 to nothing. And not that you couldn't use him as a pass catcher, but clearly they weren't going to run the football anyway a lot. So you didn't really, per se, need Antonio Gibson uh, when you're down 14 to nothing. You're going to be throwing, and J.D. McKissick is just fine in that role, uh, and you can be a little bit more conservative. Well, the problem is, on a short week, very little turnaround time, Antonio Gibson turf toe, again, it's really a pain tolerance factor. They're going to you know, they're going to get him whatever support and wrap and uh, pressure relieving, uh, I guess, device that they possibly can see how it goes. I would not expect him this Sunday in Glendale against the 49ers. I, that I'd be very surprised about. I can't rule him out. I would probably be as cautious as possible. The 49ers are really banged up off of a bad loss, short week. They've been, you know, upheave. You know, you have J.D. McKissick. You have Peyton Barber. You don't have Bryce Love, who's on IR and is not coming back, barring some sort of miracle. They also have young Javon Leak, who is a running back from Maryland that they signed to the practice squad a couple of weeks ago, and he practiced, I think, one time and then wound up on the COVID list, uh, which is pretty 2020. You know, they could sign him to the 53 or, or call him up, Uh, from the expanded practice roster for a couple of games and not have it affect their roster status and also not expose him to waivers if they want to move him back down. So uh, he's got that eligible. I would expect that on Saturday is what I would say uh, on that Javon Leak. Uh, I think he can also help in the kick return uh, game, but clearly you will see a bigger role for Peyton Barber, who had 14 carries on uh, Monday night. Had you know a short third down conversion that was key midfield uh, in on a touchdown drive, I think that was the Logan Thomas game tying touchdown drive, as well. Also had a touchdown run himself on that long drive out of the shoot in the second half that got Washington within uh, seven points. So uh, that is uh, the story on the running backs. Um, also, the team put Tamara Hemingway on injured reserve tight end who was lost early on Monday night. I think that was a wrist injury, um, you know, and, and he was ruled out quickly. So it tells you it's either a bad sprain or maybe even broke. 
Um, and they re-promoted Marcus Ball, who's been on their practice squad, who started the year on the active roster and impressed in training camp, but never really found a role once the regular season started. So Marcus Ball is back with the team in terms of the 53. Uh, They actually signed him. That's not one of those expanded practice squad promotion things. They also uh, did sign to the practice squad a backup running back or a new running back, Michael Warren. So that's your news for Wednesday. Why don't we hear from Ron Rivera next uh, and then a little bit from Alex Smith as well. Good to have you with us right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell. All right, guys, Built Bar, you know where it's at. If you're not doing Built Bar, I don't know what you're doing, quite honestly. 18 total flavors, nut and non-nut flavors, six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, apple almond crisp, just to name a few. 12 original flavors, double chocolate, salted caramel, mm, peanut butter brownie, my best and favorite. Double chocolate, I I think I mentioned them. Uh, The peanut butter variety is very, very good. So make sure you get your Built Bars. Their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. You can use them as a meal replacement. You can use them as a snack and they are healthy. They are not your normal candy or chocolate bar. Check this out. They are low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, great for any keto diet, great for really any diet. And again, a meal replacement or a snack in between or late at night. So here's what you do. You could get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. So make sure you go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, it is Chris Russell with you back on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Let's hear from head coach Ron Rivera Tuesday morning with the media, including myself, after a huge win on Monday night. Can you take us through where you guys are at on the run defense and to have such a dominating performance yesterday? Does that speak to some kind of evolution just in in how things are going and, and how they're learning the system? I think what it, honestly, it just it, it's the development over time. I mean, you know, one of the things that I've talked about we've had to do is, you know, there's a group of guys that were here for quite some time with the previous coaches, and and you have to break habits, and you 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 have to get them to be more confident in what you're trying to do to get them to do it. Uh, and, and it was a little bit of a struggle, to be honest. I mean, our, our some of our guys held on to some of the old techniques and old styles of play and, and getting them to understand and trust what we're trying to teach, I think, was a big part of it. And we're still not there. I mean, we're still learning. We're still growing. We're still developing. Um, I also say the play of the linebackers has gotten better. You know, about three or four weeks ago, I was a little critical about them, and they took it to heart, I believe, and, and went out and did the things they needed to improve. They're still getting better. They're still growing. They're a young group. And, um, you know, those things will show as, as we continue to play. 
is that expected for you? Did you expect this kind of trajectory over the course of the season, or, or are they surprising you by, by how well they're playing right now? Um, this is what you kind of hope for, is that you get to this this point in the season and they've, they've, they're they ascending, and, and that's the big thing, is you want to see that growth where they're going up um, because it bodes well for the future, and that's the thing. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in the next few weeks, uh, but we're going to come out and play and play hard, give our best effort, and see what happens, um, you know, because we really believe right now, and at least I do, is that the players are bought in and, and they're beginning to believe in, in what the potential for this, this unit can be, this, what this group of guys can, can, can accomplish. Sure. I, I, Ron, it's a weird question, but I was just wondering, do you have a minimum uh, amount of time when you, when you drill special teams uh, to get on the field for a scramble, in a scramble kick situation like you had at the end of the first half? Yes, um, we, we, we do that. We talk about that. We did it a lot in training camp. We, we tried to create those, those, those situations. And now during um, the regular season, um, you know, I've allotted uh, what I believe is, 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 is more than enough time. Uh, I've given Nate extra time um, because we think it's important. And, and, and so what Nate does is during the, 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 the Thursday practice, um, We've, we created an extra period in between our last two to do just field goal, and he creates that hurry-up situation, that hurry-up attitude uh, where he's trying to push them to hurry and get the ball snapped within a certain amount of time. And, and I'm, what I was getting is, is there a number of seconds on the clock? Like, if it's 17 seconds, you go. If it's 14 seconds, you don't go. Is it Right. It, you know, well, what, we, what we've done is at, at – I think at a minimum, it's somewhere between 14 and 17 seconds that we work on to, to, to hustle out there, to get themselves lined up. I mean, if you complete a long pass downfield and get into field goal position, it's going to be tough to get it in 14 seconds. But if you run the ball or the quarterback gets sacked like, like ours did at that particular position, then you can hurry on because everybody's still close. It's when everybody's spread out and you got to hustle to it that there's a that, that, that you worry about what the time frame is. And that's one of the things that Nate pays attention to. And I'm, I'm referring to Nate Kaxer, our, our special teams guy. Hey, Ron, uh, not to be a downer after such a big win, but it was almost exactly a year ago that Carolina let you go. And I just wonder if, if you thought about that at all this week and if it makes you kind of everything happens for a reason sort of thing. It does, because it's interesting that, that you talk about it. It was uh, December 2nd that uh, that Carolina let me go. But what was even more interesting was yesterday, um, uh, on my way to the buses after the game, I called Mr. Snyder, um, and, you know, and right away he started to congratulate me. And I stopped him and said, I want you to know that this victory came today exactly one year from the first time he and I talked about uh, the team. And he reminded me, he said, now you remember what the conversation was that we had? And I said, yes, it was about culture um, and changing the culture uh, of the team. And, and, and so it was yesterday was the one year anniversary of the first time he and I talked about the team and the majority of the conversation was about care, uh, was about um, culture, about building a culture. It was interesting that it happened yesterday. And uh, we had a, we had a good conversation about that. And it was it was really neat. It really was the, the serendipity of it all was just was an amazing thing. And I thought about that uh, during the day, and then after the game, I thought about it, and I said, you know, I, I, that's one of the things that we need to talk about. And we did. It was it was a really good conversation. 
Um, I know he's very happy for the players and very happy for our coaches. And, and it's just, it's an amazing thing that it kind of came full circle. So yeah, it, 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 it's kind of neat that, that, you know, I've, I've thought about those things. I thought about it on December 2nd and I thought about it on December 7th. How far along would you say you are then into your cultural rebuild or cultural flip, whatever your goal is? You know, JP, we're, 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 we're headed in that direction. We're trending that way. There's a lot of positives to take from this game. Now we got to see how we handle this success. We really do. I mean, because, again, you know, you can take a huge step forward, but if you're not careful, you can take two or three backwards. And that's the thing that we have to be smart about as, as we're building and going forward. I mean, we're going to be tested. We're going to find out even more about us because these next two weeks, um, you know, coupled with, with, with yesterday's game, are, are three 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 games that I circled it and said, man, this is going to be a tough stretch. This is going to be about our character. This is about our culture and how we handle these types of situations. So I, I, I'm interested in seeing it. I really am. I, I'm excited about it. Um, and, and, and I really do think this is a big step in terms of, of, of our culture and where we are as a football team. Ron, um, two questions. One, do you have an update on Antonio Gibson and his toe injury? And then the second part of that is um, Logan Thomas. When did you guys first really take notice of him and, and really become intrigued by what he was doing, be it with Detroit or another team? Okay. This is Nikki, right? Yes. Okay. So, Nikki, just so you know, I don't talk to the trainers till I get done with this with this, uh, with this, with this, um, uh, presser okay it's uh, just something that I try to do that way I, I don't have to answer your I can't answer your questions and give you the right answer um, so it's a, it's a way of uh, me avoiding it okay um, <laughs> as as Logan's well it's really that's what I that, that's that's it I mean it, it's something I don't want to put out yet it's something that we have to be careful with as far as our players and our players health and safety as we go forward the less our opponent knows the better um, so anyways uh, as far as Logan's concerned you know Pete Hainer um looked at him in the off season as we were getting ready for free agency. He was on a list of, of, of names that he got. Um, and he was the one that he served. He was the one that he highlighted and really felt this guy was on the come. And the reason he felt that way was the guy has the size. He's got the skill set in terms of speed, um, quickness. Um, he's got the smarts because he's a former quarterback. He understands the game. And when you watch him, um, and, and which we did, you feel okay. Wow, this guy, this guy, this guy just hasn't played a lot. But when he does play, he looks pretty good. Well, Pete really felt he was just scratching the surface, and so he was a guy that we targeted, felt we had to go after and and try to get. And we also felt the fact that he's from from the Virginia area, played in Virginia, that that it would be it would be a pretty good chance that we we could get a guy like that. And lo and behold, we were able to. Um, so it was sometime during training camp, you could see he was getting it. Um, but each game he does something that makes you go wow um, and, and just feel that this guy's developing and going to be the type of tight end that, that we're looking for. Was finding guys with local ties, was that a big part of your free agency strategy? Or No, but finding guys that had local ties um, was the plus because you knew that, that that would be something that we could probably help us influence them to get here. Hey, Ron, um, one of those other local guys, Chase Young, you, know, you can see the flash plays and all that. How much awareness does he play with in terms of diagnosing other plays, taking away screens and all that? Is it at a different level than most rookies? It, it is. You know, it, it, it's 
he 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 is a student of the game, and he's still learning how to be a student of the game. He's learning how to watch tape. Um, I will tell you this though: getting him um, from Ohio State, you got a guy that was truly trained at his position. Um, you know, their 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 coaching staff, their their defensive line coach, and and, and I know he's got a tremendous background. Um, has done a great job, and you can see it in the players that have come from there at that position. So you feel very strongly about that position in terms of who they are and 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 who they're going to become. And it's interesting because you know one thing that I've also noticed about Chase is Chase is also an emotional leader. Um, he gets his teammates hyped up. Uh, he he really does. Not you know not just a good young rookie player who's going to even get better, but there's an emotional energy that he brings. And I think his teammates feed off of that as well. And then with the linebackers, is it a matter of attacking more or is it the matter yes. of fitting better? What is it that's changed? It's a combination. It's, it's about fitting because you got to fit where you're supposed to, but then attacking. I mean, you can get to your crease, but if you don't attack the crease, it, it, there, there's a difference. And I think that's the thing that our linebackers have finally realized, or I shouldn't say finally, but I think our, our, our linebackers now realize is that it's not just about getting to your crease, but attacking you. And by that, I mean getting downhill and forcing that block off the double team and addressing that block at the point of attack, not sitting and waiting for it to attack you. And I think that's one of the things that you start to see. I mean, we saw it yesterday with the run-throughs. I mean, John Bostic getting downhill, you know, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, Thomas Davis. But the guy that's really seems to be embracing it even more so has been Cole Holcomb, who's done a great job for us. I mean, those guys are really putting it together right now, and I'm pretty excited to watch them. Hey, Ron, good morning. Um, just to circle back to, to Logan Thomas for, for a second, it's one thing for Logan Thomas and J.D. McKissick to catch a lot of passes, but to do it at the level of efficiency yesterday was pretty uh, pr- pretty impressive. What, what, what do you think contributed to them being that efficient um, against that defense? Well, first of all, if you, if you get an opportunity to watch again, watch how many times they seem to roll their coverage towards Terry or how many times they seem to be when they're in man, they seem to favor that side with either the whole player or the safety. And, and by doing that, it creates some spacing for those guys, for the other receivers to, to, to make things happen. I mean, you know, you, you'd love to see Terry continue to get the good numbers, but what's going to happen is because he's so good, so dynamic, I mean, that long ball he almost caught was, was a heck of an effort. Um, and that's the kind of things that people have to respect about who he is. And, and the more they respect him, the more opportunities are going to be created for his teammates. And, and that's the one thing. And, and Terry doesn't get frustrated about that. He, he understands that. And so he goes out and he relishes the challenge of creating opportunities for himself to make plays. But in doing so, he's creating those opportunities for his teammates. That's, I think, is really what's happening. Now, when you watch the way these guys practice, I know you guys don't get to, unfortunately, right now. Um, but you'll see. You would see. You would see how they work at their game. You would see the things that they do to, to create those 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 opportunities to make plays. I mean, um, you know, watching Logan and and, and JD and, and Cam and, and and all the young receivers that get opportunities out there, um, Stephen and, and Isaiah. Um, you know, those are those are young guys. You know that that bode well for our future. Um, I was saying that um, obviously I'm sure you'd like to get off the quicker starts. He's still up and scored in the first possession, things like that. But at the same time, from that has come this resiliency that you guys seemingly understand, hey, this game is not going to be lost right off the bat. We can come back, and you've done that time and time again. Does that sort of help kind of uh, what, kind of get the message to your team about, you know, keep fighting, keep fighting? 
Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the things that you can hear the guys on the sideline talk about it. You know, going into the locker room at 14-3, knowing we were getting the ball back, it was all about, all right, guys, hey, hey, you know, we get the ball, we got to go down and score, you know, and make it a one-score game. I mean, that's that's the conversation they're having. And that is, is, is speaks to the resilience, to their attitude, uh, to their frame of mind coming back out on the field, which I think is huge. Um, but to your point about, you know, the, the I would I would love to have uh, fast starts where you're up 14 nothing and you feel a little bit better so you can get comfortable and, I guess, enjoy watching the game a little bit better. Um, but as of right now, we'll, we'll take it as it comes. It seems to be working for us. Um, so I guess it might be part of our strategy going forward. This may uh, seem like somewhat of a silly question, Ron, but the white-on-white jerseys are a pretty big deal for Washington fans, and this team hadn't worn them in more than a decade. So I'm just wondering how that decision was reached for the game. I was looking for a big game. Um, it's funny because people talk to me about it uh, early on in the season, and I thought, wow, I love the white-on-white. Um, um, I-, I loved them. Uh, in Carolina, we had success wearing them in Carolina, especially in the playoffs. And so when they told me about it and, and the little history behind it, I thought, you know what, I'm going to save them for big games. And when this opportunity came, I thought this was as, as perfect as it got. So we, we saved it. Um, we alerted um, our, our, our people. Um, we didn't tell the players. It's funny because when they came in and saw it, you, you could hear the excitement in their voice too. It was it was. It was kind of neat. I mean, it's interesting because a lot of things that are happening, you see the excitement. Um, and that's great. I mean, because, it, you know, right now, I mean, winning helps, trust me. And you guys know that. It makes a lot of things better. Uh, even food tastes better. So just listening to them be excited about wearing the white jerseys uh, and, and pants and then watching them, you know, after the game, it, it was you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's why you do what we do. It's exciting. Confidence. It's about attitude. Um, one of the things I talk to the player about, players about every day, and, I, and I've done it ever since I've been a head coach, is their attitude, preparation, and their effort. APE. I call it your inner ape. And I tell those guys that those are the three things that they control. I don't control it. I can try and influence, but I don't control it. Their attitude when they come into the building, their attitude when they're on the practice field or attitude when they're playing a game and to me i think you know it, it it's there's a fine line and one of the things that 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 i talked about after the game uh, and i talked about it when we when we when we give thanks is that i ask that we learn to be humble um but there is a fine line and and i can appreciate their excitement and um how much they enjoyed it and Again, the, 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 to me, it's it's one of those things that you know you can have fun, you can enjoy it, and you can keep your personality, but do it within a certain framework, and, and that's one thing. And um, you know, it, it's you know, I, we'll have a little lesson today about humility. Um, I've got it all set on the PowerPoint, and and because again, we, we, we just because we, we you know we won this game, you know, doesn't mean we're going to show up somewhere else and win automatically we've got to go out and earn it and and that's that'll be one thing that we will talk about to the uh um, scheduling i I think has really helped our guys uh the energy level was high uh the energy you know in that locker room during warm-ups was was excellent and on the sideline um you know i i I don't think we ever felt you know being down 14 nothing like as you know as if they 
there was despair, you know, that, oh, here we go again. The, the, you know, it was about, okay, let's, let's go, let's get it going. And then when we got that, that two-minute drill, you know, you know, it worked out good. You know, we, 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 we looked at it, you know, Pittsburgh had the ball, you know, used the timeouts to try and preserve as much time to give Alex a chance to get us into field goal position at minimum, and we did. And you could feel the energy. I mean, we went into that locker room, and guys were talking, hey, 14-3, we get the ball to open up the second half. You know, we can score guys and make it a one-score game. I mean, that's what they were talking about. And, you know, the coaches brought that up. Scotty brought it up to the offense. You know, Jack talked about shutting them down to, to give us a chance to, to score, put points on the board. I mean, the, the whole attitude uh, was the right attitude you're looking for, and, and, it, and it's really kind of paid off for our guys. Uh, Ron, um, you mentioned the play, the kind of deep shot to Terry there at the end of the yep. first half. And then obviously you guys had – some success with the intermediate to a couple of deep balls in the second half. How much does that change how a defense then has to play you when you show that, when you show that you're willing to do that, especially if some of the horizontal or close stuff isn't working, how much does that change from a defensive perspective? It's huge, especially, especially when you could threaten them. And, and now all of a sudden they're thinking, okay, we've got to keep two guys deep. You know, we, we, or we got to keep a guy deep. And we got to get a guy that's got to run with. So now what happens is you're creating that 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 uh, uncertainty in their minds. So now the the, the safety is a little bit deeper. Now the linebackers are dropping a little bit more uh, deeper, which is going to open up the underneath. Now all of a sudden you're hitting the underneath routes with the threat of going deep. It opens up the intermediate. Um, we had a little success running, uh, so that helps us with some of our our, our RPO stuff. Um, some of our some of our decisions on some of our screens that we threw, uh, and when you look at the one that that Cam converted uh, for the first down, it, it was one of those things that you know we had taken some shots, we we had, we had run the ball, and so all of a sudden we whip out the the tunnel screen outside, and he converted it, and part of it was because they are dropping you know a little deeper, and gave us an opportunity to get the blockers out in front, and he you know and did a heck of a job running the ball after that, and so. You know, it's all working together. But if you don't take the deep shots, um, they'll never honor them. But if you if you take them, you know, which I think we took, I think we took four. I think it was, I think it was four. Uh, I think we took two to Terry, one to Cam, and one to Logan. I think it was. But anyways, when you when you do that, it it, it keeps that safety a little bit deeper, or safeties when they're when they're in too high, a little bit deeper. All right, and that is part of head coach Ron Rivera. Thanks to WashingtonFootball.com. When we come back, we'll finish up this episode of the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast with Alex Smith. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Don't forget, guys, coming up later on this week, it is the crossover edition of the Locked on Washington football team podcast. That's right, Brian Peacock. Uh, and I will get together a little San Francisco 49er Washington football team talk. We will make it happen. Even on a short week, we get it done. As we get you inside the matchup, as Washington goes against their former offensive coordinator and a guy who still has plenty, 
plenty of an axe to grind in Kyle Shanahan right here on the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. All right, and straight out to Alex Smith, who will take on his former team, the San Francisco 49ers, who drafted him number one overall. Talk to him later on in the week about that. But first, all about his comeback and, of course, a big win in Pittsburgh. Alex, uh, congrats on the win. Uh, first question, obviously, what, what was up with the bloody foot there at halftime? Yeah, um, you know, you, you get stepped on a bunch uh, as a quarterback and, and especially that front leg. And I, you know, you get kind of used to it, numb to it. And really it was the, 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 the visual when I looked down and, and obviously the, you know, my spat was bloody and uh, could visually see the blood kind of pumping out. Uh, so I knew it was a good one. Um, he lucked out with the timing. It was right before half. So he was just kind of tape it up uh, until we got in halftime and we were able to kind of take better care of it. So um, never had one gush like that, uh, new, new for me. But, you know, yeah, thankfully it's not, not, not serious at all. Hey, Alex, you, you guys, stitches at halftime? No, no stitches at halftime. Uh, okay. Just, uh, we're able to kind of clean it and, and uh, bandage it up and get, and get back out there. Sorry about that. Alex, you guys were struggling there for a little while in the first half. What do you feel really started to get things going for you? Um, I mean, I, we, we knew it was going to be a, a little bit this type of game. You know, they, they, one of the, they're one of the best defenses in the NFL. Uh, I think they lead the NFL in points off turnovers, and, and there were so many teams that I felt like, gave up negative plays, you know, turned the ball over, you know, got frustrated and, and couldn't stay patient for us. We talked about all week, you know, being able to, to ride through that. And, you know, there were going to be some tough patches and, and being able to, you know, play, take it one play at a time and, and not, not get frustrated and not make the mistake uh, that this team's kind of feasted on. And I really, that drive for half and we were able to kind of finally get some rhythm, uh, get some tempo going, you know, really felt like we had an opportunity uh, there were a couple of players there. I wish I had back. Really felt like we could have had seven uh, instead of the field goal, but it was what we needed. Uh, I felt like to kind of get get ourselves going to get that get the points before half and give us obviously some confidence, knowing we were getting the ball coming out for the second half. Hey, Alex, why did you run off the why did you run off the uh, field with the ball at the end of the half there after that? <laughs> I mean, I knew we were going hurry up field goal. Um, you know, I was pretty upset with myself for taking the sack at that point, but I, I was running off trying to get that ball off so they could get the K ball on. Um, Cause usually that happens very seamlessly uh, with, with the changeover. But um, from what I understand, talking to the refs, I think there was a little bit of a problem with the COVID, you know, there's a, there's less people on the sidelines, less ball boys, and that wasn't as fluid. Um, so I w it was not intentional really. I was just trying to, to, to speed up the process. Of, of us getting off and getting the K-ball on so they could go kick it. Hey, Alex, you um, when they lost Joe Hayden to the concussion, you guys took a deep shot, and I think it was incomplete, and then you hit yeah. the one to Sims after that. How much yeah. did that change things for you guys? He's a really, really good player, um, a heck of a player. And so, uh, yeah, a little bit I think it was that. Unfortunately, the deep ball didn't work out. They were definitely out of there, and it was, you know, obviously another one I wish I, I had back. But um, – yeah, I mean, he's an elite player in this league, um, a veteran player. So, you know, obviously you hate to see something like that happen, um, like that, you know. But, uh, you know, obviously the, the calls came in and, you know, for me just trying to execute them. Alex, how imperative was the play of Logan Thomas and Cam Sims to this one? You know, you see the play with Logan Thomas, like stretching out, lunging, yep. not yep. getting the first down and stuff like that. But how imperative was what they did in this game for this one? Yeah, the, the past the past few weeks, 
uh, it's been pretty consistent that we, we've been getting, you know, some unscouted and looks to Terry, you know, obviously he's demanding a lot of attention and, and rightfully so. And, and uh, same thing, we've been talking several weeks that, that obviously if that's going to happen, a lot of opportunity elsewhere and, and uh, you know, for, for all of us staying ready and, and, you know, taking advantage of that opportunity and felt like both those guys did today um, playing really, really tough, tough football and made some clutch plays for us uh, when we needed them. Alex, why is it that that end of first half, start of second half, when you score on both ends of that, that that's such a big momentum build for a team? Yeah, I mean, to sneak to sneak those points at the end of half, um, not only was a momentum thing for us coming into halftime, obviously to get, get the goose egg off the scoreboard, but um, yeah, I mean, it's to steal the possession, you know, to, to get that possession and know where, you know, to get points in any way possible and know you're getting the ball to start the second half. Uh, obviously more important to get something going. You know, we, we really didn't start out great to start that half the, the coming out of halftime, but, but luckily converted on that third and long and then, and then we're able to finish it off. So, um, it, it is big. Those are huge momentum games. All of a sudden in, in not that long of a span, it goes from 14, zero to 14, 10, and, and it's a completely different ball game. So yeah, big, big momentum changer. We'll take a couple Alex, more. Alex, what do you feel like people who are now watching this team, like today they watched this team beat the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers in Heinz Field. And I know you don't like looking ahead necessarily, but what do you feel like people watching this team have learned about it after this three-game winning streak and then again coming into the Steelers' house and winning? Uh, um, tough for me to say what anybody else is thinking. You know, for us, uh, it, it's all been about obviously week to week, you're trying to win every single game, but for us to continue to keep improving and keep growing, and I really feel like this team has done that. Uh, as the season has gone on, um, you know, and, and it and it doesn't it doesn't stop. We just, you got to kind of keep that same mindset going. Um, you know, luckily we're still in it at this point, but uh, continue to keep improving and find a way to win a game. You know, you want to be playing your best football come this time of year. Um, and we knew this was going to kind of be this brand of football coming up here. You know, playing Pittsburgh in December, we knew we knew it was going to be a little bit ugly. And uh, proud of our our team, I think to to find a way to win this game like that. Uh, especially as young as we are, I think it showed a lot of maturity. Last one, Howard. What for you is the level of satisfaction at being back at the helm of a team? Now you're on a three-game winning streak and you guys are in the mix for, for a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, me personally, I, I, I literally each and every week, uh, I'm, 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 I'm making the most of it, living like it's, it's my last and uh, enjoying that mindset. I'm, I'm not looking... Uh, beyond literally that, that, that next start and, and uh, trying to take advantage of it uh, with, with everything I got and enjoy it. And uh, I think this entire team a little bit from the way we started the season has kind of gotten that mentality. And I think that's a great mentality to have, just a sense of urgency and living week to week and, um, you know, going all, all in and, and not looking past that, not getting ahead of ourselves. So um, you know, look forward to kind of keeping that going. Obviously a short week this week, so quick turnaround. All right, once again, that is a part of Alex Smith. Thanks to WashingtonFootball.com as he gets set for the San Francisco 49ers. Again, the team that drafted him number one overall in Glendale, Arizona at State Farm Stadium this Sunday at 4.15 Eastern Time. I'm Chris Russell. This is the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Again, don't forget, we will have a crossover edition coming up as quickly as we possibly can with Brian Peacock, Locked On 49ers. I'm Chris Russell. We will get you inside the matchup better than anyone right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Adios. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.